0: It's one, it's being able to sit alongside discomfort and pain potentially, which is a lot of what resilience is. It's about not avoiding something. It's about that sense of, have I got the resources to feel like at some point it will be OK?
1: Welcome to Helping Organisations thrive uh, Today, I have the pleasure of Nikki Bass on the show. Uh, good afternoon to you, Nikki.
0: Hi, good afternoon, Julia. It's lovely to be here.
1: Good to have you. Uh, you are a business psychologist. You're a TEDx speaker. Uh, you're owner of uh, Resilience at Work, about helping teams and individuals to build uh, resilience through an adventure, and we'll be exploring that later. And you've got a background of spending over 17 years as a Learning Development Officer in the British Army, so that's good. So we will be exploring about everyday adventures and resilience. Uh, resilience one of my favourite topics, so looking forward to this. Um, but before we get into that, uh, Nikki. I'd like to know what do you love about what you do?
0: Oh my goodness. It's such a big question that and I think there's so many things I love about what I do. Um I think the main one I think is is the connection with people and seeing and seeing the change and seeing the change particularly I think when I'm doing the sort of the, the the experiential and the adventurous side of things, you're seeing a change happen in that moment. And that's amazing. Um, and yeah, when when I'm doing that side of things, obviously the, the being outdoors, being in nature, I love to. So um, there's a whole, I think what I do now brings in a whole sort of different or a whole collection of different things about me together in one place um and yeah that puts me in a a place where i feel like i can support other people best as well
1: and when did you realize that is what you love about what you do and all those things coming together When, when was that moment
0: i think so i remember i I've run sort of individual workshops as well as sort of working with with corporates and organisations. I've run workshops for individuals and for um, uh, particularly women, sort of reintroducing them back into adventure, reconnection with their adventurous self. Um, And it was one of the first things I did after leaving the army. Um, I ran a retreat down to or a workshop because retreat makes it feel like it's really relaxing and it completely wasn't. <laughs> but we went down to North Devon um, and sort of took a crew of women's um, steering which is sort of jumping off rocks and surfing for the um, for the weekend. And I just remember that sort of moment of being on the beach or, you know, being out in the water with them and just the, like the sheer joy and whooping and people, you know, people were also a little bit scared, but just people having so much fun and, but also then being able to reconnect them with that bit back when we got in, we sort of running alongside the, the the coaching element too and just going, you know, what was it, what is the bit that you've been missing? What was the bit that's really stuck with you about this? Um, and, yeah, I think it was just standing there on the beach, though, and just thinking, gosh, I get to do this for a living. How lucky am I, mainly?
1: <laughs> Fantastic. That's brilliant. I love it when people find their purpose, mission, whatever you want to call it, and it really resonates. And it, does, it doesn't It does feel like work because you, you so enjoy yeah. it and, and seeing people and helping people uh, discover things and, and and do great things like that. Uh, we're going to be exploring a little bit about everyday adventures and resilience and I'd like to ask, what? Well, how would you define resilience? Because I think it's a, a definition that can be so subjectively interpreted. And I just want to understand from your perspective how you define it. I've got a definition in my head and that sort of perhaps changes it a little bit now and again. But um, I'd just like to get your understanding of what resilience is.
0: Yeah, so I mean, like you said, it's one of these terms that's just sort of bandied about and mean taken to mean everything from sort of like grit and perseverance and encompassing all sorts. And I think it can be used quite punitively as well in terms of well, you're not resilient enough and we need to build your resilience so that you can take on more stuff. Um, which I tend to sort of push back quite heavily against. I think for me, resilience is when it comes to it, it's that little voice in your head that says it'll be okay. Um, So it's being able to hang on to that little voice in some really tough and challenging times. And that can be in work, in relationships, in, you know, in your life away from work. It it covers all sorts of areas. But it's this feeling that, you know, when things get really difficult or challenging and, 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 and like really hard life events, that although it might feel like your world is collapsing around you, at, at your sort of core, you've got this sense that I've got, I've got the resources, I've got the support, I've got a way of finding my way out of this somehow, and being able to not be flawed by it. Um, I tend to resist the sort of bouncing back definition, if I'm honest, because I feel that implies that you're sort of going back to where you were before. And, and we never, you know, we never go through something without changing as a result of it. And I think, and I also think, we're not necessarily going to thrive in the traditional sense or ways of going, well, I'm so glad that thing happened to me because, we, you know, people go through some very difficult, Mm. often incredibly painful life events. But I think it is that sense that at some level that I'm being held and I might be being held internally, but I also need to be held externally to to be able to Mm. move forward and, and progress. So I guess that's what it is for me.
1: No, I really like that definition and I, I agree with you that sort of bouncing back can be so sort of glib and so sort of if you're not all bouncy optimistic positive then you haven't got it and I think often people forget for me the the piece of resilience is that that learning piece uh, you know when you whatever you term it fall down get knocked whatever however you are stopped or challenged however it might be is how you learn in that point, isn't it? And, yeah. you know, it's not just about getting back up again and if that if that's your sort of view, because that to me is just grit and yeah. just seems a physical thing. And only some people have that, but actually it's that before you get back up, before you navigate a challenge is what have you just learned from that moment? That's to me the, the key piece is the learning piece. And I think we forget that. And that takes time and that takes reflection as well. So, um, yeah, so... We're, we're linking this in with this everyday adventures because I know you are an adventurer, adventurous spirit about you. You have you've been in army and you do various things. And I, I'd just like to just go back to how you got to a place where you started to bring in this everyday piece. How to, how to, well, what is everyday adventures for you? And how did that sort of start for you? Where did all that come from? And why is that important to have everyday adventures to sort of build this resilience?
0: Yeah, so it came from a really personal place, actually, of just um, feeling a bit stuck myself and of always, and I mean, there's also scales of adventures, you know, I'm not like someone who's gone off and done some huge, massive adventure that, you know, for a year or two years or done, you know, done expeditions and that side of things. But I've always, I guess, part of my identity for me has always been attached to sort of whether it's adventurous sports, you know, I love sort of mountain sports, snowboarding and surfing and that side of things, um, or that sort of adventurous idea of, you know, wanting to explore new places or try new things and, um, and you know, having new possibilities the whole time. So I think that's always been how I've seen myself. And then when I had kids, bless them, love them dearly. Um, but I think as so many people experience, I felt, and I don't think I've, I've felt it's as an immediate thing, but I think over a period of time sort of felt as if my world had contracted and that was sort of experiencing this, just sort of a frustration of those things are no longer an option to me. Not everything, you know, I still going on holiday and doing lovely things with them and having all, you know, really lucky in that sense, but just, I suppose that freedom and that spontaneity had gone. Um, Everything had to be planned. And I was sort of, I guess, designing things to fit everybody else and and I suppose it just felt that I would I don't know if I'd lost that part of me but that it just felt a bit disconnected um and then I think you know there were a couple of moments that really changed that and and one of them was actually being out walking with my kids one day and they was like you know, I was dragging them along for a walk and they're being really annoying. Um, and we were being late and they were dawdling and I was cross and all the usual. And it was quite muddy and typical sort of UK walk are probably in sort of October. um And, you know, I just remember them. So one of them, I think it was my daughter, so when mom, my mum, come and look at this, this is you know, I don't remember what she was saying, what she wanted me to look at. But I just remember that sort of feeling of, honestly, she's really excited about something. Like, this sort of realization hit me that she was on an adventure, that she was living in the moment, and that the thing that I was looking for that she was experiencing. And I just sort of, I guess it just started to make me question, hold on a second, why do why do I think an adventure has to be out there wherever there is? Um, could it not be is there not space for an adventure sort of much closer to home or right where I am? Why is that place more exciting or exotic or whatever it is than Stepping outside my front door, and I suppose that started me in a sort of process of of looking, and and I I realised that part of that was about mindset, that it was about my expectation of what an adventure was. Um,
1: and, 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 what, and why yeah. was why is, is is adventure important in the context of well, as for you obviously you've come from that background, but yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Why did it matter, and and why should it matter to us as individuals, whether you do polar expeditions or. <laughs> whatever else you do in the classroom if you're a you know a teacher
0: so I I mean there's so I could go on about this for hours to be honest there's so many reasons but I think so I think what adventure does for us or feeling that adventure is accessible is that it opens up possibility it opens up possibility of growth of change of learning something you're going back to your point about resilience being partly about that learning That actually, we never stop learning that we, you know, that it grounds us in the present as well. Because when you're on an adventure, whether it's a mini adventure or a huge adventure, it's very difficult to think about anything else in that moment. Um, So you're sort of very present and engaged with where you are. Um, But I think it's the process of taking ourselves outside of our comfort zone, which is part of that learning, which naturally, I think, contracts as we get older because we become experts in our field we become comfortable we tend to build on our expertise rather than our of being rubbish or something quite frankly we tend to go all right well that wasn't that's not my area this is my area this is what I'm going to grow um but I think the more and I mean the you know there's evidence as well you know that the more we take time outside of our comfort zone in multiple small ways the more we become comfortable with being in that space of not knowing of uncertainty of um yeah of just not being an expert and i think that enables us to be able to hand over a form of control what you know we spend so much of our lives trying to control everything <clears throat> um and and feeling that when we're out of control can feel incredibly scary but in a way and particularly for someone who really likes being in control <laughs> when when we get more and more practiced, and being outside that comfort zone, not being certain, not being sure, um, then we become able to tolerate it better, and then I think that has implications for every area of our life. It's it that lack of knowing much in a much more easily expand our comfort zones further, so we grow and learn more, but also you know I think that then really supports our resilience because so much about having to be or being resilient is about coping with the unknown and that uncertainty and being able to sit in that place.
1: So I mean there's a lot of talk about getting outside your comfort zone and it it can be taught and I'm not you're not saying glibly I know you're gonna I like to explore a bit and it can be a bit
0: yeah
1: oh you need to get outside your comfort zone and it's a very Sort of one-liner isn't it and yeah and, I, and I've talked to people and they, well, what does that really mean and um how does that work and why does it work why does it so just break that down a what is it mm. give an example perhaps from from your perspective for when you were when you had children you had to sort of start exploring different ways but also mm. why does that what happens psychologically what's going on in our brains that's helping us to then build that resilience what, what are the sort of Factors that are uh, at uh, play here. Just a short
2: interruption to the episode to let you know that this podcast is brought to you in association with Lodge Court, who are experts in HR support. Are you worrying about employee performance, absences, and leave? Are you struggling with attracting and retaining the best talent for your business? I personally know the people at Logical and they can support you with every people issue you may face. So focus on what you do best and that Logical to deliver your HR support as an extension of your business with a tailored flexible monthly retain package that is right for you and your people. Now back to the episode.
0: Yeah, so I like to characterize it in a sort of a physical sensation. So I think it is it's what starts happening to you when you're no longer that comfortable? Is it sort of that icky, sicky feeling in your stomach that's a bit like, I'm going to find a reason why I'm not going to do that thing? That for me is always a sign that I'm like, yeah, I'm just starting to make excuses in my head about why I don't really want to do that. like, okay, so it's about sometimes it's, and and normally what we do, is we walk away from it then and go, right, well, that's a sign that I don't want it. I shouldn't be doing it. Um, But in a way, it's that sort of leaning into that feeling of, feeling uncomfortable, it can be, you know, it's not necessarily just physically being uncomfortable. It might be socially feeling uncomfortable. So uh, an example would be, you know public speaking if it's something and for yeah I think for everyone regardless of whether we're sort of expert public speakers there's always that this at the start which is like I I can't remember what I'm going to say what I remember this feeling before I did the TED talk I was just like geez I just I just need to go now because I'm about to humiliate myself totally (laughs) um you know that so so, so taking
1: that sorry so taking that so I I just because I I think it's sometimes helpful when people are listening how how you break down because people have those whether it's a big client negotiation, it could yes. be a, 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 a presentation, could be a speech, whatever it may be. And you get those feelings, and we all get those feelings where we think mm. the body's going, run away, by, run away. freeze, you know, yeah, but get
0: out of what, here. All.
1: So what can we do to to push through without just saying just push through? What, what do you do? What is there any sort of things that you, helps you to sort of, I don't know, hacks, what do you want to call it, that will help you push through to get at, over that uncomfortableness?
0: yeah so I mean, there's multiple things. I think it re- partly it depends on what it is the thing, but so, for example, with that, I think one it's recognizing that this is a normal feeling, um, I think that's a good start, just being conscious of it and going, okay, well, it would be totally normal for me to feel like this at this point. there's nothing it's not about me. this isn't about me, and the reality you know we can start thinking because I feel like this, that means it's real that actually I am going to mess up or this isn't going to go well all these sort of things come into our head so it's you know okay so this is normal but I'm going to feel like this um for me what really helps is so for example with the TED I went you know I find it helpful to get some space for other people it might be you know that they want to distract and get into conversation with someone else I'm like actually I just wanted to go for a walk and sort of clear my head a bit um, what also helps is You know what are the strategies that are going to enable you to feel you can do the thing? So going back to what do I have? Well, I know I've rehearsed this. Can I read through my script one more time? Or you know what what tools do I have there that enable me to think? Well, at least I've got enough hooks. And I think this is the really important thing with a comfort zone. It's about it's a sort of a sweet spot almost between feeling comfortable and feeling terrified. What you don't want to do is go into that panic zone where you just can't think and your whole you know you feel like your brain's been taken over. And that's why I always advocate doing sort of these adventures in steps. Like it's what's the smallest possible thing you could do to give you that feeling without also putting you into terror. Cause that's not helpful either. Um, so breathing, obviously, you know, there's all the, the techniques out there that sort of help to just sort of calm us, get us back into a place where we can think and make rational decisions. Um, and yeah, breathing definitely helps for me. Um, Another thing that I find really powerful when I'm going into, like, if I'm making the decision to do something, is I visualize the end result. Why am I doing this? Knowing the reason I'm doing this because that allows you to hold on to it through the discomfort. So if I think, you know, I'm do- this is, the, I've, I've, for example, the with the talk, I've got something to share with a client negotiation. You know, the, there's something that you're wanting to a reason you're wanting to do this, a reason you're there. And that sense of purpose can be really powerful in just helping you to sort of not necessarily push through, but just to sit alongside that discomfort. And I think it's, you know, I, I suppose, you know, there's that lovely analogy. I don't know, I think it was Elizabeth Gilbert or Brené Brown, I'm not sure, who talked about sort of fear being, you know, being in the back seat. You can, you can sit in the car with me, you can sit in the back seat, but don't try and take the steering wheel.
1: That's, I a, think, that's a great analogy isn't I that? love it I yeah, just
0: love good. it because it's so visual and it's like actually it, I'm not going to get rid of that feeling that feeling's actually yeah. pretty helpful because it's keeping me safe we need it you know but yeah. if I broadly know that what I'm doing is not dangerous is not going to you know not putting me in danger not going to not doing something so extended out then then actually i can afford to let you just you know just sit in the mm. back seat and, and and but i'm still making those decisions and i think that's having that picture in your head is can be really helpful
1: too yeah it is and i and i i like where well, you aligning to your purpose the why that you know what got me here and mm. why am i why am i doing this in the first place all around yeah there must be been a reason behind it and that can be really and if it's linked to a bigger purpose then it becomes a bit more bit of a force behind this actually that there's something meaningful about this and it's a line so so it resonates and it becomes then a positive self talk going on um i also find for me just sometimes just in the in the moment of that i said fears not so much fear but that sense of what am i doing is okay what's the wisdom in this right now what Mm -hmm. what is it telling me yeah is it telling me to just drink some water i'm just about to speak or is it just telling me to just take a breath and just relax there's, there's something and just use it or reframe it as a rather than a pushing it away almost yeah, yeah, yeah. embrace it isn't it and then think okay mm. how can I use this to help me and the wisdom about what's next to happen and so actually there's something there's something in this that's because your body is obviously telling you something and obviously it's not yeah. a saber-tooth tiger but um there's something going on and so so we we do that we, we get into those that sweet spot I love that almost that tension of comfort and discomfort and that, mm. that's difficult one and we we start to expand obviously because obviously you you get more comfortable in the uncomfortable bit and etc etc so why does that then start to help build resilience and i I don't know any from a psychological point of view from your experience
0: so i think there are a number of reasons i think that the so it's one it's being able to sit alongside discomfort and pain potentially, which is a lot of what resilience is. It's about not not avoiding something. It's about that sense of, have I got the resources to feel like at some point it will be okay? And I think when you go on an adventure, whether that's a physical or a psychological adventure, you're having to rely on those resources too. So you learn to trust your internal resources. Um, you learn to trust that you have, whether it's the experience, whether it's the intelligence, whether it's the knowledge, whatever it is that, it, that you fit, that all those factors that go into it, the more you practice feeling, you know, getting out your comfort zone, the more you become, you, you learn to, you can rely on that um, so I think that's really powerful. I think there's also that piece, like I said, about being able to sit with uncertainty and not knowing. So, you know, and an example of an everyday adventure might be, you know, I do this with my dogs all the time. I'm like, I'll go on a route that I've always gone or a place I've ever gone. And then I'll see a path and I'll be like, well, oh, I wonder what's down that path. Um, and there'll be a bit of me going, God, you're going to be late. Don't be stupid. It's probably covered in brambles. It's not going to go anywhere. You might get a cliff, whatever it is. There'll be a bit of me. And then there's a bit of me that goes, but what if, what what m- might be down there? I just want to know where it goes. And then there's that bit in you that's like, doesn't know. And there's also that bit that's like, uh, you know, it may not be hugely uncomfortable, but it might be a little bit like, oh, what am I going to do when I get to the end of it? I have to turn back or... I don't know where this is going to lead you you know there may be other risks there's an element of jeopardy involved in some sense and you're having to in in deciding to then explore that path you're having to sort of sit do the thing alongside the uncertainty and you then learn that you can do stuff and those, those different emotions can exi- coexist that you can feel excited but you can also feel uncertain you can also feel Like this, you know, this is not the right thing to do. You question yourself. So it's about, you know, I think exploring all of those places that psychological places that we prefer to avoid Mm. actually then enables us that when we are in a difficult situation, when something challenging does hit it, we're not, we're not, it's not new to us to be in a place that we don't know. And then we can start to trust, okay, this may be on a completely different scale you know, and thinking of things like bereavement or, you know, when we have very difficult things happen in the workplace or whatever it might be, that there's an element at which we trust ourselves. Um, and, and I think that's, that's hugely important when it comes to building our resilience as well, because it is about actually do I, do I trust myself enough to be able to find a way through this with a lot of external support as well.
1: It's almost, it's like getting ourselves ready, isn't it, and prepared yeah. for, there is uncertainty, but actually when you get that uncertainty, actually, you're okay, as in, it may still be beyond what you've had before, but you've experienced how you've dealt with, on a smaller scale, before, Completely. and you know yourself, and developed it, and worked on strategies. And You may still have to go through some more learnings along the way, but mm. you don't, You you've almost pushed your threshold up a little bit.
0: Completely.
1: Of your, of, and I of, think there's
0: a really... I was going to say, you know, because that makes it sound like it's just about sort of negative resilience or when things, bad things. But I think there's something really positive because what it also means that when opportunities present themselves and we're like, I don't know if I can do this or, you know, actually, I don't want to say yes to this because I might mess up or I might get it wrong. Actually, if we practice that well, then it means we're more likely to be able to step into that opportunity um, and embrace it rather than listening to the reasons why we
1: might not. So how do we, rather than writing a, you know, a to-do list every day, because yeah. that's not helpful, um, I don't think, <laughs> how do we incorporate this approach that we are creating these everyday moments of discomfort to try and push ourselves outside of comfort zone? How do we do that? How do you do that in a way that can be, from your lessons you've learned, that can translate to people who now might be sitting there, on the way to a commute right now, and might be ready to go into a meeting or whatever it is. What, what, what do you do on an everyday basis?
0: So, I mean, obviously it depends on how much time you've got in the day and what you've got to do. But I think first thing is the mindset shift. So the first thing is starting to see everything as an adventure even stepping outside your front door and looking in the cracks of the you know the pavement which isn't necessarily about discomfort but it is about discovering something new actually what's down there what's you know what's living in the hedge looking into the hedges and seeing the bumblebees i mean this time of year is perfect because there is so much life just going on all around us and opening your eyes to that is a real adventure because I think it gives such a positive boost to our senses of you know, what else is out there other than me and such a sense of perspective as well. So I think that those are the sort of, sort of in the moment, mini adventures you can have right wherever you are, even looking out the window, if you're sat in a, you know, an office block and looking up at the sky and noticing things so that, that, you know, you can start at that level. Um, When you're, you know, an example of, so if you're commuting to work or whatever it is, is, is to take a different route. You know, it can be taking a different route in tube. It might be, actually, I can walk this stop and maybe going down a road, uh, a street. I mean, I'll often do it if I'm working in London, for example. I'll go and I'll walk between tube stations and I'll just go down a different route and, and sort of go down a little back alley and go, oh, there's a little house there. You know, there's things, there's always something new to discover. And I think it's stepping into this idea that we don't know it all that we haven't seen it all, that just because you do the same daily commute or you do the same routine or whatever it is, it's up. you have the ability to mix that up and create a, a mini adventure out of it, an everyday adventure out of it. And you get such a rush of sort of excitement almost. And that's where I link it to this idea of adventure because it's that excitement and anticipation of, oh, what might I find? What might I experience? What might I see today? parallels you know the excitement we get on bigger adventures you know it's getting that same feeling and I think that's super exciting um because it always offers us the possibility of change and growth um and I know when and it also gives you something to do and because it's not like I sit every day and I'm spending my whole day thinking of everyday adventures but I do know that when I've had times and you know throughout the winter is often a really good example you just have days and it feels like Groundhog Day and it's been raining endlessly or whatever and it you know that I can take a pause in a moment and go, oh, hold on a second, I've got something I can do about this. And that's sort of where it started from. It started from doing this in lockdown in February, stuck at home with my kids, going, actually, there's something I can do here. I can mix it up. It doesn't have to feel like this. It doesn't have to be the same. Um, And yeah, so that's what I would do. I would just start from right where you are, look out the window, go, what's out there that I haven't noticed? And go from there
1: it's almost it's almost, a, almost a learning mindset isn't it and to explore and be curious because when you are faced with challenges in life we'll all get them is you need to be able to be curious to navigate it you need to learn you need to think about a different way of doing something you've never done before whether that was you know, three years ago pandemic hit and we all had to do things differently yeah. you know that was a major major shift but there's always little things on the way in your business in your personal life and i think to me that that's 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 really valuable and um just one any any thoughts in terms of your advice uh, in terms of uh, other ways of building resilience from your experience, uh, in terms of how you would help people?
0: Yeah, so I say the main one and the one we tend to forget about is who who have you got around you? what What support have you got out there because we tend to think of resilience as an individual pursuit but we're connected. We're social creatures. We were designed to live in groups. We wouldn't survive on our own, you know, in terms of our, the greater, you know, that's part of who we are, how we were designed. And I, and, but we tend to think that when we're struggling with something that it's because there's something about us. And, and I think always, I would say the first thing is to look around and go, you know, what's the situation? Who am I, who have I got out there in my corner? Almost do a sort of network analysis of going, you know, have I got, for example, if I've moved house and I suddenly, you know, don't know where to go to get my car fixed, or you know, I've lost the netball team that I used to play for, or whatever it is, all of those things have an impact on our resilience, as well as the sort of the deeper emotional support mm-hmm. that we tend to think about when we talk about support. It's like, you know, am I part of a team? Am I t- part of a group? Who do I reach out to? Where do I feel? How connected do I feel? And how mm-hmm. held do I feel? Um, and actively cultivating that. I think where it's possible is so is probably the most beneficial thing we can do to our resilience because we all need support. We all need help with it. Um, and it's easier to feel to find your own resources when you have the people who are reminding you of them or people who can substitute your their own mm. when you really need it to.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I think that community piece is often forgotten, actually. We, we need people around us. We need people to lean on, to input us, to support us. Um, and it's so valuable. I, I think mm-hmm. we often think we can get caught up, as you say, in the whole personal resilience and about making us really mm-hmm. hard and get through all this. Well, actually, no, need other people. We need other perspectives on, you know, problems we may have in our lives, actually, just somebody coming along and have you thought about doing it this way? no yeah, I, it, but now I will and it looks differently and suddenly you have this different perspective and support. and so i i totally agree um i've really loved talking to you uh nikki and great uh, insights in terms of building that uh resilience using sort of everyday adventures uh, if people want to connect with you or get in touch with you what's the best way of doing that
0: yeah so i'd love to hear from anybody um who wants to get in touch so you can find me my it's resiliencework.co.uk and you can find me on LinkedIn Nikki Bass I'm on Instagram resilience at work I tend to document my my everyday's adventures everyday adventures there so um, yeah please do get in touch or listen to my podcast the everyday adventure podcast as well if you want a bit of inspiration from other people as well because there's some amazing people on there too
1: excellent well thank you for coming on today really appreciate it Nikki
0: brilliant thank you it's been lovely to chat to you
2: Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you like this episode, then please rate, review, and share it with your friends and colleagues. As a coaching practice, I coach high-performing leaders and teams with extreme ambitions, and I'll help you go beyond what you believe is possible. If this sounds like you, then let's have a conversation. You can contact me at julianrobertsconsulting.com.